Hello and welcome to this episode of the Good Time Show. On this episode, we had some really interesting guests. We had Justin Blau, who's the founder and CEO of Royo. We also had Nas and Stefan, who are crypto experts who are launching a new NFT project called the Rebels. And we went through a lot of really interesting topics. We talked about what it takes to go launch an NFT project, the current state of NFTs and crypto in general. We talked about how creators can finally get their power back and align incentives better with the community through crypto. And we also talked about Rebels, the new project that is going to be launching soon and what it took to be able to get to the finish line. And one of my favorite moments in the episode is when we talk about how the origin of their story with NFTs actually started with the show almost a year ago. So this was an amazing, fun episode. Hope you enjoy listening to it as much fun as we had making it happen. Enjoy. Enjoy. Live from San Francisco, it's The Good Time Show. And now your hosts, Artie and Sriram. Welcome. Welcome to The Good Time Show. Welcome. And it's slightly earlier time today for a very special episode. Yes, for, you know, we have guests on the East Coast. And so we wanted to make sure that this was a time which could accommodate the most number of people. So welcome and thanks for being flexible today. And if this is your first time joining us in The Good Time Show, first of all, welcome and thank you. You know, Arthi and I have been doing the show for a little bit of time now. And the core essence of the show is we just believe that technology is just fundamentally a good thing for all of us, for humanity. And we believe that the stories of the people building things need to be told. And they could be building anything. They could be building technology. They could be building community. They could be creating content. They could be entertaining people in the sports field. It doesn't matter if you're building and if you're creating, we think it is worth understanding what motivates them, who they are, and how it is that they do whatever it is they do. We do the show about twice a week. You definitely won't be disappointed what you're watching now because we have a very special crew of people that we wanted to get on the show for a long time joining us today. Yeah, I mean, for today, we have a packed episode for you. We are going to cover a lot of things about NFTs. So we are going to cover what it takes to go build an NFT project end-to-end. We are going to cover what it takes to build an authentic community. And, you know, speaking of community, there's just so many people who've joined us from the Rebels Discord, Rebels Twitter. So welcome, folks. It's just been so great to see... Mm -hmm. All the retweets and comments and posts coming in all days. It's just been amazing. And, you know, we want to also talk about the new creator economy that crypto has been able to enable. So lots of things to go cover here. And we have some special guests today. For today, first off, we have Justin Blau. I saw, or somebody who said on Twitter, three Lau, three Blau. <laughs> He's the founder and CEO of Royal. It's a popular music NFT startup. that's just disrupting the music industry as such. Justin's been on our show before. Only on voice is the first time you're seeing him on video, so more pixels. Welcome, Justin. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, I have to say, when Justin used to come on our audio-only version of the show, I was only so just was jealous of Justin's smooth, voice. I know. smooth radio <laughs> voice. And to be honest, I had no idea how he looked like. But as the evidence shows, ladies and gentlemen, as good-looking as his <laughs> voice is... Yeah. Sexy and seductive. Oh, Staram. You're too kind. You're too kind. (laughs) And then we have Nas and Stefan, our Nas and Sass, co-founders of the Rebels NFT project. And Nas, unfortunately, works with Sriram at A16Z. 
Um, you know, I'm really sorry you have to put up with this guy, but you know, we're is focused on crypto security and uh, you know, just starting out kicking out this whole like rebels project. So we want to talk a lot more about that. And then Stefan, uh, your day job is building high performance trading systems at Hudson River Trading. They've both been working on the Rebels project for many months now. And, you know, that's kind of how I got to like know both of them. So we're going to talk all about it. Welcome, Nas and Stefan. So happy to have you on the show tonight. Likewise. By the way, but just before we went live, you know, Nas, who, you know, who is amazing and one of my favorite people, they told me, hey, you know, you this setup, all this lighting looks so good. And at work, you usually kind of slouch in the corner. And I was like, yeah, thank you for this. Kind of hurts me. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get some real truth here, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna get some real truth here. No, it's gonna be fun. Uh, but Nas is one of my favorite people, and 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 what they're building is amazing. But I want to start with Justin. And so, for those of you who are not familiar with Justin, Justin's a world famous musician, DJ. And if you go check out his Instagram, it's basically him with front of packed, packed crowds of people. I almost, I feel like it's photoshopped. It has to be. How are there so many people? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> a lot of people. It's uh, the fish and, eye. The fish eye makes it a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 so so it's and, and Justin, you've talked about this before. But I think it's such a good place to start, right? So you've done music for a long time. You built an amazing career over there. You know, and I'm kind of curious. You kind of lead this cool existence and play back shows and all that. What brought you into the world of crypto and NFTs in the first place? That's an awesome question that I don't get to answer too often, but I, I never as a musician was the biggest, nor did I ever have the biggest hit songs, but I always had a very loyal audience of people that did come to those shows and packed at those venues and had a really strong emotional connection with my music. And so I always wondered, you know, with third-party platforms, whether it be Facebook and SoundCloud, which is kind of where I started my career, to now Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, as a musician or as a creator, you never have much insight into anyone who's actually consuming your creativity. You don't really get data or emails from anyone who's listening or even coming to a show and paying for a ticket. So what always fascinated me about distributed ledger technology, and I kind of got involved in 2014 and then more aggressively involved in 2017, what fascinated me was the idea of transparent data for any type of you know, not not even just the creator economy, but for, you know, financial applications and banking the unbanked in the third world, frictionless value transfer, all these amazing principles that distributed ledger tech could theoretically change and, and improve. And, and for creators, my biggest qualm with Web2 was not having access to the people that really connected the most. And that was the reason why I got involved in the first place. Oh, that's awesome. And, and there's just so much to get into over there. And by the way, I, Justin, I just love your focus on community. You know, we're going to talk a lot more about community when we yeah. get to talk to Nas and about Rebels. But, you know, you know I'm curious. So, so over the last couple of years, you were ahead of the curve when it comes to all things NFTs and crypto. But over the last couple of years, you know, we have seen, you know, celebrities from the world of sports, from the world of entertainment. You know, we work with several of them enter NFTs. So when you know, and I know that you get hit up, right? You get hit up by famous musicians, famous board people, all the sports we've talked about it. And, you know, what have those conversations been like when everyone's calling you and they say, hey, I've been hearing a lot about NFT. I want to know what should I do with this thing? What are those conversations yeah. like? What do you tell them? I, it, it's funny because I, I will say five, six years ago, there were really only two, 
you know, I had one friend in music that really particularly took an interest in this stuff. And his name is, is Andre. His artist name is RAC. And I'm sure some of you have heard of his music. And we were really the only two people that, that cared. And everyone else kind of thought we were a little bit nuts as, as you know, naturally we would expect for new technology that is, is a little bit early for the applications. And in 2017, Ethereum was early for a lot of the applications that we see today, where, you know, you have NFTs and DeFi that have just kind of exploded and proven the use cases. But I, w- I will say, you know, it's kind of fun to have friends that I've made as a DJ, because of course, when you're playing clubs and festivals all over the world, you do get to meet lots of fun people. And that's, that's such a spectacular aspect of the last decade of my life. You know, in, in doing so, I've, I've really been able to hopefully help other types of creators, not even just musicians, get involved in, in the Web3 space. And a highlight was FaceTiming Matthew McConaughey, who was trying <laughs> to do like, it was, it was 20, it was right after my auction in 2021, about a year ago. And I had FaceTimed him with, with Guy Osiri, who now at the time wasn't, wasn't with Yuga Labs, but now, now is. And, and of course he's a prolific investor. And I was on a FaceTime with Guy Osiri and Matthew McConaughey talking about how we could apply NFTs to this charity event in Texas that Matthew McConaughey was throwing. And in that moment, I was kind of like, what is going on with my life here? <laughs> what other circumstance would I be FaceTiming Matthew like that? And, and it's been, it's been really fun. And I, and I feel truly honored that, that people do reach out to ask for advice because realistically the technology is early and there's a lot more to be built. And I, and I think, you know, what's really interesting is that a lot of the promises that Web3 makes about the future of the creator economy has yet to be fulfilled because engineers have to build it, but the concepts are raw in there. And so, and so yeah, it's, it's been, it's an honor to be able to talk yeah. to those people. But it is definitely an all right, all right, all right joke in there with the Matthew McConaughey anecdote. But, uh, well, I, I was going to say I'm not going to go there, but it's too late. No. Uh, and, you know, so I'm going to talk about Royal, right? But I think one of the patterns that, you know, you talk about and, you know, I think we care a lot about and I care a lot about as how Web3 has kind of really shifted the power dynamics for creators mm-hmm. and letting them take control of their own destiny letting them maybe have a fairer share of the, you know, of the value they wind up creating. So, you know, I'm kind of, kind of curious to get your take on that and also just talk to us about, you know, Royal and what it is that you folks do and the story so far. Yeah, I think, I think definitely, definitely a, lar- a large topic, but, but what's, what's always been interesting is that, you know, you look at Web2 platforms and they've basically monetized themselves and, you know, via advertising through the creations that exist on the platforms, right? So you've got, you know, creators that make funny videos for TikTok or musicians that make music for Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the reason why users are on these platforms is not for the platforms themselves and certainly not for the ads. It's to consume content. But none of those creators have ever really gotten paid directly by the platform. Maybe they can leverage their audience to get brand deals or in the case of a musician, it's to play shows and sell tickets. The platform itself never really compensated creators. And what Web3 has done is it's woken creators up to the fact that they actually provide enormous value to all of these platforms. And, you know, that's part one. Part two is the consumers of the content aren't necessarily, you know, the money that flows to the creator doesn't capture the emotional value that people experience in consuming that content. So it's kind of two sides of that coin. What we do at Royal is is a little bit different in that we, we believe that ownership of music should be a public, publicly accessible asset. Mm-hmm. And today there are only three parties that can theoretically, quote unquote, invest in yeah. music. There are record labels, private equity and hedge funds. And of course, the artists themselves who create 
the rights behind music. And if you look historically, you know, music rights weren't as meaningful in the kind of early internet because people would mostly pirate the music they wanted to listen to. But streaming services made it way cheaper and easier to access this giant library of music. Basically, you can listen to whatever you want. Everyone has the same collection of music on their phone. Mm -hmm. And it actually did something really powerful for rights holders. It got them paid. The, The issue is there's a little bit of a false narrative in the media where most artists claim that they don't get paid by the streaming services. It's not really the case. What's the case is there are lots of people in between that are taking many cuts. So the economy only ends up with 5%. And I was talking with Russ yesterday, who's probably one of the most prolific independent artists in the world. Um, and, and one of the things he said is, you know, if people just own their music, they'd understand there's actually quite a bit of money there. And so the principle behind Royal is really simple. It's leveraging Web3 and crypto technology to give the public access to investing in music as an asset class, something that has never happened before. So imagine you own 1% of your favorite song. That's such an incredible situation where your incentives are now aligned with your favorite artists. You're probably more likely to share that song with your friends. You're more likely to play it on repeat and get people excited about that musician that's emotionally impacted you. But that hasn't really been possible in the past. And that's kind of our key focus at Royal. I think it's very powerful. You, you know, when you were a kid and, you know, kind of dating myself here, let's say you're a band and you could, you only so many ways you could find a way to support them. Mm-hmm. You, know, you ordered a CD and there's kind of like, you know, the paper inside or you could wear a t-shirt. But I think the idea that you're now a stakeholder and, you know, and, and if that artist and if that song are doing well, that you are somehow participating in the economics, it just adds something. To yeah. how you feel and it just kind of makes you you know have skin in the game makes you feel like a participant yep. it's just yep. a powerful new feeling yeah i mean music royalties as an asset class is just something that's just so interesting right because it's not just about monetization and creators making income or you know consumers or users are you know trying to figure out how to take a stake in this but it's also about what it means for me to own this music or be a part of this community and exactly. i think that's really rich and powerful we, we like to use the words participation in the economics and proximity to your favorite artist, right? So if I'm a musician and I know that one of my fans owns a piece of my song, they're, they're my partner. And how does that change the way I treat those people that have invested in me, right? And it, like, it changes the entire relationship. And just as you said, Saram, you know, the unit economics of music have been purely single directional and consumption oriented, where... You can either pay for a subscription, buy a license, you know, pay for a ticket to see a show or buy a piece of merchandise. None of those activities are mutual, create mutually aligned incentives between an artist and their listener. And so all of a sudden, when when both the artist and multiple listeners own something together, it it completely generates a new flywheel for positive feedback of an artist's popularity. And of course, the fan who might have listened to Halsey early on in the beginning who might have only paid $5 a ticket to see Halsey play. Now, you know, when Halsey goes and plays a show at an arena and it costs $200, that fan doesn't feel as left out for supporting Halsey yep. early on. Yep. yep. That, right? that so makes total sense. It makes yeah. sense, right? It makes sense. It's hard to execute, which yeah. is why it hasn't been done before. Yeah. Now, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's super powerful there. Nas, I wanted to get to you. You know, speaking of music, you have a really interesting background in music. I mean, you, you, I wanted to lean into like your backstory here. I love it. And also, you know, I wanted to also ask you about Rebels as a project. You know, we have, we're going to talk about what it is, timelines, all of that stuff. There's a lot coming there. But 
how did it all start? Yeah. You know, especially given both of your backgrounds, you have these day jobs and it's it's kind of relevant, but adjacent, you know, I wouldn't think launching an NFT project would be the thing that you would like focus on. So how did yeah. the whole thing start? Yeah. And when did it start? Yeah. Like how? Oh, you tell us your backstory. Yeah. Tell us tell your us. superhero origin story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is it reveal time? I have to say my my actual name. And then like it was not that so long. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so first and foremost, I'm the security officer at a 16 Crypto. I work with Sam, kind of like helping make sure that like, you know, the entire portfolio of companies is secure. And like, this is actually how I got to to meet the amazing Blaup here because Royal is is, is part of the portfolio and, and I've been working with uh, with Royal and, and Blau on kind of like making things secure on you know, I did protocol layer, etc. So that's kind of like how I spend most of my time. Prior to that, there was a Facebook blockchain working on building a lot of the security features within the the, the blockchain wallet uh, at Facebook, which actually a lot of these things that ended up being reused for the Instagram NFT stuff that it's being built right now. So super excited that's about awesome. that. And so co-founder at, at Rebel with, with Stefan. How yeah. it started is is crazy. So obviously, like I've been I've been in the, the crypto space for close to six years now actually like as a as a as a software engineer as a security engineer as a as a technical leader and so i've been you know i'm a product builder stefan as well and like you know stefan you can kind of like cover your background but very similar and was also like one of the first engineers on the, the libra project and actually has his name on the on the white paper and so you know we are product builders you know and we want to find a, a true problem that people have and leverage technology to solve this problem, right? Mm -hmm. Just like what I was explaining, leveraging a technology to address a problem that is critical for a wide range of people. And so for us, the way we were kind of like this kind of like research process was first like, okay, let's identify actual problems in the space. We were thinking about various things, crunching from like DeFi to, yeah. to NFTs and DAOs and so on. And, you know, kind of like randomly browsing up on, on Twitter, actually, you know, I was going on kind of like the influencer pages, you know, and started seeing a lot of people changing their profile pictures very often. I was starting to see people kind of like accumulating NFTs into their banners and having a conversation with the team where we realized like, okay, like the, 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 the profile picture format is fundamentally broken because yep. it doesn't really evolve with you. It doesn't really follow, you know, your the evolution of your identity, the, the, the set of, you know, communities that you are joining and the, the roles that you are starting to, to take in these communities, the achievements, the, the events that you attend and, and everything that comes with that. Right. And so we really realized that it was like the thing that we wanted to fix. It's like, okay, let's build, let's build a canvas, a digital front end for digital identities, basically like let's build a layer that will allow people to express who they are in a very dynamic way, in a very, um, in, in, in a way that is true to themselves, that it's very authentic. And so this is kind of like how Rebels came. And so, you know, yeah, go ahead. By the way, I love that you mentioned this before. You used to listen to the show and about NFTs too, which I love too. Yeah, it's uh, so funny for, for everyone watching. This is a very emotional moment for me because I actually got to learn about NFTs on this very show. And it was oh, including, the blood was in one of the, the, the rooms, but it was, was like... It, the good, was it the Dylan Field room? With Dylan so Field? There was like, so there was like the, good, the, the Dylan Field one and there was the Good Time Show. 
And I was just, it, and I like my mind was blown. It was around the time of like the Beeple auction. Oh and, yeah. Like, yeah. You guys managed to bring the, uh, somehow yes. managed to bring like the anonymous uh, yeah, empire. The door. Oh my yeah. God. See, that, wow. was a, that, that was an insane episode. That was an insane episode. Yeah. Right? But Chris, just 30 seconds, right? Like, you know, a crazy story there is, so the auction happens, you know, this is people's everyday's auction. I think this was January last year. Yeah. And that night I get a DM, a cold DM from somebody I don't know saying, Hey, the winner of the auction has listened to your show and would like to come on before they do. New York Times and all the mainstream press. And I'm going, okay, random person on the internet, like I'm sorry, <laughs> don't believe you. And but then they were like, well, I'm, and they got somebody very legitimate in the crypto world to be like, acting this person. Legit. This person is legit. Um, yes. I think, okay. okay. I, and think then I'm sorry, man, me. I think you might have DM'd me about it to ask. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Anybody we knew being like, who is this person? Yeah. Are, are, like, are we getting scammed? Like, what's yeah. going on? And, 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 and so I was like, look, this is great. But I can't just have a person that I've never heard of or know for the first time on the show. I need to talk to them at least yeah. by phone. Yep. And I don't want them to be doxxed. You know, I respect that. Have them call me or something. And they were like, okay, fine. So I get called. And this was, you know, Metacoin and Tubador, who I think are now doxxed. I think Tubador gets Tubador on call. Me. And, you know, in the first minute, you know, 30 seconds, I'm like, wait, I, I, I was like, wait, not only, you know, uh, this is amazing. But I was like, you are actually from India, from Chennai, and you speak Tamil because I could tell. Right? And I could tell, like, you know, the, the temple bells ringing in the background. And I was, I switched to Tamil and I was like, you know, like, are you Tamil too? And he was like, I was like, this is the most surreal thing. And that episode that night, Nas, thank you so much. And Blah was there. You know, it was, it was mind blowing, right? Because they had never done any press before. They had never, you know, talked about it. And you had Dylan show up. I think, I think we scrambled to put that show together in like three hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dylan had just, I think, sold this Dylan Field of Figma who had sold his punk. punk yeah. And, you know, he has an amazing speech, which yep. I think is still online, where he talked about what is art, which is just amazing uh, epic. And then we had Meta Cohen, who, you know, who bought with his fund and who won the auction, show up and talk about what, it, you know, the meat art and what it means. And yep. honestly, just one of the top, you know, five, ten experiences of my life, which is kind of been through it. So thank you. I mean, that was just, and amazing. Yeah, that was that was really special for us too. Yeah. And by the way, Nas, it's just so you know, I'm sure there's somebody who's watching this right now who is going, this NFT thing sounds cool. Yeah. I'm going to try and create one. I mean, you will not believe the number of people who DM'd us being like, we started looking into NFTs after listening to this show or this episode or something of that sort, which for us, it's like, it, it, it's, it's kind of daunting. It's like, you know, it's we've set this like kind of high bar for ourselves where people are able to come in and like listen to it and then figure out like, I need to dig into this. It, it sounds really cool. Yeah. 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 I'm okay. sorry, we we didn't mean to cut them off. We totally yeah. digress. I'm gonna so talk about the bills. When I first met Nas, you know, I pulled him over, made him sit down next to me, and I said, you know, we were at this hotel, and I said, hey, I want you to tell me the story of like, how yeah. you built it, how did the art come about, how did the design and the music influences, the art influences, all of it come about. So, so Nas, could you, could you, it, Nas, could you just maybe you know and Tell us that story. I mean, here you folks are technologists working in crypto. How do you go from this idea of helping people represent themselves to what we have today? That's a that's a great question. And actually, it was like a, a, a process that we did that was like we tried to be very rigorous about it. Have like the technology piece, the community piece, and the art piece that are kind of yep. like the three verticals that we yep. that we did that for for collectible project. And so on the art side, you know. 
we kind of like discussed what we wanted, what problem we wanted to solve. We needed to really identify an artistic concept that is that visually represents, you know, obviously upper body of an individual, but also is like really puts the emphasis on the message above everything else, because this is kind of like the idea, right? The idea is like to really express your message, who you are, right? And it's not so much about like what you look like, right? In the digital world, it doesn't matter as much. What really matters is the kind of community that we're part of and so on. And so, you know, and, and, and it was, it was really crazy because I think that like this, this one was like so random. I was actually watching a music video from one of my favorite rappers in France called Kalash Criminel, or all the yeah. French people, they will know him, always wear the balaclava. And so he started with the, be- the blank balaclava. It was like blank black, always, you know, yeah. uh, very kind of like more, you know, kind of like gangster rap side. And then as he started adding conscious messages within his text and, and, and lyrics, you know, he was basically making it evolve the content of his music and just, you know, but for example, like a protest against a war in Africa and like various, you know, injustice, he started including visual elements to his balaclava and this kind of like made it, it was kind of like the, the, the switch that was told. It was like, there is nothing that is actually as strong as someone who leverages a mask or a balaclava to put the message onto it because then it's a lot less about themselves physically and a lot more about what they are trying to, you know, to, to communicate out there. And then we kind of like started into checking like, okay, across the entire range of, you know, culture, what are all the, the, the various ways that this is being used, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there is the, there is the music very strong UK drill, for example, they're very, very big on masks. We also see kind of like high end fashion with Maison Margera, which is doing an amazing job on, on creating, you know, wonderful masks and, and really pushing the, the full mask culture. Kanye West is also very good in it, but also, you know, things like animes, you know, animes are pretty much about masks, right? Like if you look at Naruto, if you look at, you know, One Piece, you can really you know, like you will remember forever the moment where you see like this person with this unique mask, you know, coming and kind of like, it will dictate their identity. You don't even need to see the rest of the body, see their face, anything. It's all about the mask. And so this is really how we kind of like approached it. So kind of like high-end fashion, you know, gaming, protests as well, you know, like, and, and re- rebellion also comes also from the fact, you know, that like we were also inspired by protest and, and fashion that derives from protest, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of protests leverage fashion to go viral. And basically a lot of people don't want to be recognized physically. Yeah. Mass, they wear a mask. Yep. And then you end up with like, you know, a, a, like a, a fashion around that. And so the, the passion of protest is, is very big. And we, it was a big inspiration for us. I just love all the influences there. And, you know, it kind of like, you know, I, I think a lot about the, the Steve Jobs keynote, well, I think it was the iPhone keynote and the very end of it, Steve Jobs talks about how he thinks Apple, but I think it's really true of a lot of tech, you know, amazing products. It's, just, it's at the intersection of technology meets, you know, art, art. and the humanities. Yeah. And I mean, Nas, I think that's really, it, it's so touching, right? Like, you know, uh, from, you know, the French rap and we'll, you know, we're going to drop in the link on the YouTube later and, you know, to protest and all of that. But the second part of it, the other axis is technology and yeah. you kind of, and, so Saz, if I could maybe just go to you for a bit, right? Like talk to us about kind of the technology underpinnings of Rebel, because you folks have really kind of pushed the boundaries there as well. Hey, 
Yeah, basically, you know, like I, I'm, I've been into this project. I've been interested in, in this project, and I've been interested in the, in the whole like crypto space, basically, because of the tech mainly. Like that's kind of like what drives me personally. Like I'm a technologist. I like building stuff, and I like building tech. Like I literally see this kind of tech as like a, in a weird way, maybe to some people, but like I see it as a form of art, basically. And you know, my thoughts here when when we started working on this project, you know over six months ago, was like, okay, like we're going to do something in this, in this space, but we cannot be just, you know, supporting the status quo. We have to be pushing the envelope a little bit. We have to be, you know, trying to imagine like how we can leverage this tech mm -hmm. to do new things rather than just do the same thing we've been doing before. And, you know, that's kind of what's, what's been driving a lot of my interest in particular on the customization side of things. You know, there's like, there's, there's so much we can do with NFTs and with dynamic NFTs in particular that you cannot do with NFTs that are just basically static and, you know, fixed in time, fixed, you know, on the, on the chain or on some storage location kind of forever. You know, that's, that's really what got me excited with this whole project. And, and that's what we're trying to achieve here, you know, with the direction we're taking. Talked a little bit about basically being the canvas for your identity and like, you know, that requires building some amount of new tech that requires building some amount of new interactions and new, and, you know, having like good product thinking to make everything fit and everything like appealing to end users basically. And yeah, like that's really, that's really kind of what, uh, you know, what drives me and what gets me excited about this kind of stuff. Uh, well, you know, I want to dig in a little bit, just maybe just nerd out a bit because a lot of our audience, you know, well, they like to look up stuff on Etherscan and they like to they dig into the details. And I know it's kind of hard of what you folks do. So, and the smart contract, the code is out there, Yeah, you know, okay. it's completely, it's published. You offered a bug bounty, which, you know, I haven't seen this is kind of a new precedent, you know, you have nobody's ever like done this before for NFT projects. Yeah, I wanted to dig into that. Like, why? What is the thinking there with respect to offering a bug bounty program and just going really deep into the, the tech axis of this? Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, if, if you think about the whole like publishing codes beforehand, having a bug bounty program and everything like that aspect of how we decided to manage the project is really just, you know, a a logical kind of like a conclusion to the experience we have and, you know, what we've seen before in the industry, what we've seen before in our, you know, previous jobs or current jobs, basically like there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot at stake in, in this, in this type of code, you know, you're writing the code for some NFT. If something goes wrong, the consequences can be basically catastrophic. And so you, we, you want to do everything you can to make sure it doesn't get to that point. So you want to take every precaution you can. You want to involve, and you know, this precaution basically means involving other people than you, because at the end of the day, you have to realize that, you know, we're humans, we make mistakes, nobody's immune to making mistakes. And the best you can do is, you know, increase the number of eyes that looks at this piece of code in order to, you know, catch mistakes early on rather than later. And so that was kind of like, you know, we obviously didn't invent the whole like, bug bounty program idea. Like this is, this has been, you know, uh, done for many years at this point. We just decided to apply it to this because again, like we want to make sure we do things right. And, and there's a strong sense of responsibility we have uh, towards our community as well, because, you know, there are actual people buying actual things through this code and you, you want to make sure that you, you do right by them. And that's kind of what drove our decisions there. And so, you know. When you publish a new contract on the blockchain, the logic of the contract, the bytecode at least, will be available publicly. There's not, there's nothing you can do about it, obviously. I love and that. you know, publishing the code is just the right thing to do. And also, like one thing I'll add is there's the security aspect of things, but there's also the transparency and fairness aspect of things. Like yep. people don't have to publish their code on EtherScan. 
but they do it because they want people to be able to go and see what's going on. And yep. that's part of, you know, like the whole Web3 ethos and like, you know, you can, you can, you can verify things by yourself. And so that was really yeah. where it came from. One of the things that I, that I, that I love is, I, I think it's uh, Naval, Naval's quote of, you know, open source means that every problem only needs to be solved once, mm. right? Yeah. And so I love this quote. It's basically, you can put stuff out there that can be reused, right? Because like the whole purpose of like Web3 is, is composability, right? It is like people basically building basic blocks that can be reused on top of it, right? Like we're reusing Ethereum, we're reusing other contract. And without these things being open source, we would not be able to, to, to use yeah. most of them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so this is something that we also feel like is, is going to be critical. You know, we want to push things forward. And through that, you also need to basically, you know, work together on building these basic, these building blocks. Um, oh, and there's, there is some, oh, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. I was about to say that, like, something that, that was interesting in the process is that, you know, in the, in the NFT space and including Blau right here, uh, you know, a lot of people are very much into when mint, when mint, <laughs> but, and, you know, right. And like, it's like, when are, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for to, to get my, uh, my nice, <laughs> but like people get, uh, I just want to say that there is kind of like this culture of, you know, things getting very fast, getting delivered very fast and, and coming to you very fast, but software, secure software engineering just takes time inherently, right? Like if you yeah. want to be safe, if you want to be transparent, if you do, you know, you want the, the right thing to be done and audit, you know, audit your code and so on. It is slow, right? Building amazing yeah. software is slow inherently. And so we kind of like decided to, to also kind of like slow things down mm -hmm. and kind of like increase our timeline just for the sake of having additional safety in the process. So these yeah. are things that I really hope will not just set the precedent for just like, oh, you have to do it, but also in general, making sure that people understand that things just take time. And that it's important to, you know, just give more time to developers and software engineers to do the right thing. And you can't really like pressure them and at the same time expect, you know, zero bug in the code. You know, for somebody watching this and, you know, just like you last year, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I see folks like you and, you know, and, you know, I want to build something amazing. I want to create an NFT project. You know, if you had to give them, you know, Nas, like two, three tips on how to build a project, which is secure. You know, how to kind of baby build and compose. Funnily enough, that's how I reached out to Nas. You know, I heard about Rebels. I think, you know, you're like, you, you talked about it somewhere. And I was like, wow, this is really fun and interesting. I really need to know how you're thinking about launching an NFT project end to end and how to think about it. So that's actually how I like got connected with these folks. It's, it's pretty awesome. Full yeah, circle. Yeah. So maybe not. So somebody's watching this, you know, they're like, this, this is freaking cool. Yeah. I want to do this. And, you know, and, you know, we're going to talk about community and rebels more in just a bit, but just from the technology side of things, right? What would you be like, okay, here's how we should think about how to write code, how to build on top of others, how to make things secure. What would your advice to them be? I mean, you, you, can, you can also take a part to, to this response, but, you know, I believe that you need to, if you are yourself a software developer, then kind of like apply the traditional, you know, very rigorous software development, you know, kind of like life cycle that you, that you learned so far, you know, like doing that proper architecting of the code, implementation, testing, you know, heavy testing, um, you know, peer reviews and, and having like multiple review the code and then kind of like audit and, and having independent people kind of like go over it more broadly. All these things, you know, 
don't feel like you have to com- compress them. Like this is, this is not worth it. You know, we all, you know, people use this for stuff that is highly critical or less critical things. But overall, this is just like regular software development lifecycle is critical to, to apply. Right. And as Stefan was saying, you know, we're, we're dealing with extremely critical code. It, it, it's actually funny because, you know, because Solidity is actually close to JavaScript, a lot of people who came to, to Solidity originally were people who, you know, knew JavaScript and more like front end, right? Which is, which tends to be a lot less critical, right? But the reality is that the code for blockchain code is almost as critical as like operating system code and like firmware code that may be running on like iPhones, et cetera, right? It's like code that is going to be very hard to update every time that like there's going to be a flaw, it's, it, it is going to be highly critical. And, and so, you know, it's very important to not, not take shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts. It's not worth it because people will not forgive you and you will not forgive yourself, you know, for taking this, this, this trade off. So don't do it. Take it the, the right way. If it means taking longer, it's fine. There's nothing that's important at that. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a great way to think about, you know, oftentimes NFT projects get a bad rap because people think of it as like, oh, you know, it's like images, art project, not taken very seriously kind of thing. And I think you're basically going the other extreme, which is like, no, this is really important code. This is, I think, Stefan, you talked about how it's like real people doing real transactions. You have to take it seriously. I really like how much effort you're putting into this, like conscious effort that's going into this. You know, we talked about tech. We talked about the art and the culture. I want to talk about community. You know, I think when I, when I look at I joined the Rebels Discord a while ago, and it's just, you know, the energy and how frenetic it is, it's just wonderful. You know, it's like you see this with different projects, but here it's like I, I love how the communities come together. I love how you're like thinking about moderation. I think, Nas, when we first chatted, you talked about different languages and support for different languages. So again, for somebody who's new to the entire NFT space and wants to think about building a really authentic, strong community, like a crypto, crypto community, how do you go about building it? And how did you think about it when you, when you think about this project? And by the way, just so you know, the, the, the Discord and the YouTube live comments are going crazy right yeah. now, which is just like probably the craziest it's ever been for any one of our episodes, <laughs> which is just like <laughs> all rebels. I'm seeing a lot of people that I know. So yeah. a lot of things that, that I understand and people outside of the, the community. I love it. A lot of people, by the way, think, Naz, you're really good looking. So just putting it out there, right? Like on camera, on video, forever on the internet. And blog, you too, you too, but, you know, but mostly Naz. Oh, is no, no, I, 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 was, I was saying Naz is good looking. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, again, was, was, was not, hey, what about me? It was, he is. <laughs> I mean, I asked everyone to do hair and makeup and I think only one of them listened. So, you know. <laughs> uh, 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 this is gonna be a great meme for now okay guys all right back to community back to community i did not pay anyone to say to give compliments so that's good but yeah like on, on the community this is this is something that like we've been very we've been extremely thoughtful about and i'm gonna be honest i think that like personally i'm a huge fan in like reading about culture culture building whether that's kind of like society com- companies team you know, team culture and so on. And actually, like one of the reasons why I went to A16Z is because I'm such a big fan of everything that I've read from Ben Oritz and all the, the kind of like culture, kind of like culture building lessons that he's been writing, you know, across the multiple books that he wrote. 
And so kind of took like a similar approach to that when it comes to community building. The idea is that you, you have, first and foremost, you have to be authentic to yourself, right? Like it just doesn't work if you're not authentic. This is, this is kind of like a ticking time bomb and kind of putting short-term incentive and kind of trying to game the system just doesn't work. We see a lot of that in the NFT space, but you have to be, you have to, you have to walk the talk. That's just like how it is. And this is something that like, why I was just so excited to, to, to work on, on, on this project and, and, and get the, the advice from, from Lau is because I feel like he's an amazing, authentic leader in the space yep. and has been walking the talk for so many years now, right? Regardless of what everyone is saying. <laughs> and so I think that like that, that was kind of like the, the first thing being, being authentic. The second thing is like, you have to build an environment that is inclusive where every single person feel like they can build friendships, they can build experiences, they can talk about things that, you know, impact them positively, negatively, and so on. So we have like mental health channels where, where people who are kind of like talking about, you know, some mental health issues that they were going through, some people who were, went through mental health issues at that point and kind of like advice. We have amazing events where people can kind of like let their creativity appear, whether that's kind of like fun arts, whether there's people singing, rapping. We had like so many rap battles. I, I can, I can name like a few people, but like Uncle Beans, like you're, you're always dropping insane <laughs> bars. And so, you know, kind of like taking this approach of like, not only making a, like a, a, a nice space for the community, but also making it, you know, available across all the timelines, all the languages, you know, so that like people don't feel left out, you know, whether they're in India, Russia, Ukraine, they can be in, in, in France, they can be in the US. We have so many people kind of like all around the globe building amazing stuff. And another thing that we feel like is important within communities is kind of like the layering within the community. And this is something that is not talked about too much in general that is critical. And just to, to give you an idea, it's like for me as as myself, you know, I feel I'm unique and I feel that I'm also part of, you know, something amazing with, with many people, for example, even from like a geographic standpoint, I'm French, right? But I'm from Paris and I, you know, and I'm from like a specific district within, you know, within Paris, the 18th district and within that I'm a specific neighborhood. And so it's very important to allow people to have multiple levels, right? Mm -hmm. Between any community, within any ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. It could be that like you're, you're working within the Ethereum ecosystem, but you can be working with, with the, you know, like say, like scalability efforts. And with the scalability, yep. you're going to be like specifically working on like ZK, ZK rollups and so on, right? And just like having people feel like they're part of not only like a bigger role, but at the same time, kind of like their own sub community that is like, that they feel like they contribute to and, and see like dramatic impact to is very, very important. So fostering sub communities is something that we've been working on day one. We want every single person to kind of like create their own sub community. We try to foster them. We want to leverage actually customization to foster them. Mm -hmm. Like we want to give hatches the ability for people to represent their sub community directly on the rebel, right? This is critical. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. want to, for people to be able to express very deeply their sub communities. Some people are talking about creating DAOs. There is like a French, French people who are trying to, to create a, a DAO. You have like the Japanese community that is trying to create a DAO. Chinese community is, is creating one right now. Haven't even launched, right? But we're behind trying to kind of, you know, help these efforts scale. We're trying to support these efforts in any way we can. Creation of token, if they need anything operationally, you know, we want to help. 
And so kind of like fostering all these sub-communities is super yeah. important. A community is almost as strong as the sub-communities within it. I love that. And, you know, I think community, unfortunately, is why it's become one of those buzzwords which gets thrown around a lot, right? Like a lot of projects say, you know, we want to build a really strong community. Community is everything. But I, I genuinely feel like, you know, when you think about community, I think the way you talked about different layers, a feeling of belonging. I think I saw the tweet show up, you know, it's this feeling of like being respected. Yeah. yeah by the way, can I just say something? There's something the community on a live stream is absolutely demanding that we do right now. Okay. And that is SaaS. They feel like we have disrespected you by not acknowledging how good looking you also look. So, I, I, I just saw SaaS like cracking up a bit and I was like, what is going on? And now I'm, I know. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm basically being bullied by the entire community on Discord right now. Like there's, uh, yeah, it's it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say people love, you know, your look, the jewelry, it, it, it's wild. <laughs> we listen to the people, we give the people what they want. Okay, sorry, back. <laughs> Blau, I wanted to talk to you. You're an advisor to the Rebels Project. What did you see in the project? What did you see in the founders? Why are you excited about Rebels? Oh man, that's a big question. I think, well, Nas and I have spoken about kind of the state of profile pictures in general. I, I think we really started having deeper conversations during our Basel last year, which was the first time that we met in person. We had spoken a little bit before and that was in December. And that was around the time that Nas was, was we, we were kind of exploring this idea of how you know you might own a lot of a lot of different identities and it's really difficult to kind of combine them in any way whatsoever right and yeah. so that that was so exciting to me because no one had really framed it that way to me before and then it was actually happening on on twitter where like people would have all of their different pfps in their twitter banners and then like they would have like a grid of their different pfps in their profile picture and it was just interesting to me that you could you could kind of compose identity. So like this idea of composable identity made made so much sense. And you know, so that was like really exciting, but but I think the next piece of it was just you know, a lot of founders of these of these projects don't have very high technical experience. They might have artistic experience. And so when you, when you have a super technical founder with with, you know, a lot of crypto experience, a team Right. And, 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 you know, I, when, when Nas, when, when you first introduced me and told me about sauce, you know, you, you explained that he was like a mentor of yours, a technical mentor of yours. Yeah. Right. And, and so you've got like two, a, t a team that has an infinite number of amount of experience and then a concept that no one's explored before. It's a no brainer. Right. And of course, Royals and A16Z portfolio company. So it only, it only made, it only made sense. And, and I, you know, my little brother is also works with Nas. It's, it's family. So, you know, I, I, I didn't hesitate at all to be as helpful as possible to the community. And I think that I, I haven't been more excited about a project in since, since apes, I'll be honest, since the original, Ape, which was over a year ago. But I just love that Blau, who's just a legend, you know, so good at hyping other people up and you know, spreading the love and kindness, you know, which is just amazing. You're just, you're just a warm, good human being. Just Only you guys, not everyone. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a jerk to everyone else, right? Like, you know, but we not. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. No, consistently, even when we did like previous shows and we'd have these NFT episodes, Blau would always like jump in. He's like such a hype man. Something spoke ask us about the behind the scenes of our shows like if these come together last minute sometimes we are stressed as f because we don't know who's going to show up yeah. and sometimes they're late or we don't know what we're going to say and our like during kind of like last summer when you know when NFT just exploding when we don't when we didn't know who to get 
Yeah. You just get Justin, right? Yeah. And Justin, you know, and I know. And he made the show sound so polished and put together. It was just amazing. Yeah, uh, I, I, I knew that if I was in trouble, right? Like the show was getting boring or some of the, some guest was boring. Or I didn't know what to do. I could just throw it to Justin. Yeah, Justin. And would do no context. I'd be like, I'd be like, and oh, what do you I, think, Justin? Yeah, I'd be like, Justin, and well, what do you think? And then he would come with this super elegant, this smooth, sexy radio voice of his, and he just come with this like super elegant thing. He would make everyone in the room <sighs> great, feel loud, and then yeah. you get back on track. So yeah. you know, uh, uh, so it's a so, gift. It's a total gift. It's a total gift, and you saved us. <laughs> you know, you saved us behind so many times. <laughs> I, 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 I very, very much appreciate it. I will say that I, I didn't discover that. I, I even enjoyed necessarily hosting podcasts or rooms or conversations until COVID where, yeah. you know, COVID in many ways, kind of n- not to change topics away from how great I am. Thank you, Sram. No, but, but, I, <laughs> but I think, I think, no, I, I think that COVID was an accelerant for all of the things that led to rebels. Right. And, and COVID was when we all met, I mean, everyone on this call, we met, I met all of you in some way, shape or form through clubhouse or, or, you know, through, being home and and not being surrounded by other human beings and be, being able to share ideas yeah. in an open forum. And, you know, and that was definitely such a huge part of getting people excited about digital identity. Yep. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I think, you know, we have a few minutes and I want to talk about the project itself. I think, you know, when you, everyone's talking about, I think, Justin, you talked about Ben Mint and Nas had like mentioned that. So Nas, give us like specifics of the project. What's the timeline to look forward to? Drop us some like information here. Give us some alpha, you know. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Exactly. Like, you know, what to expect from in the next few days, weeks, months? How should we think about the project itself? So first and foremost, we're, we're minting on Sunday. So a few days from now, like it's going to be, it's going to be something else. I'm super excited for it. It is going to start with, a public sale, then going to go to a private sale. Super excited for everyone to kind of like join the, the rebellion, you know, and joining the rebels community. I think that like, this is going to be something else. And, you know, the, the, the market being kind of like slower is actually great for, for us because, you know, we also want to take our time to build the best product possible. And so I think it's like, like a lot of people were like, oh, you should wait, you should wait. No, we're not waiting. Like, this is great. This is the right time. Let's launch it now. This is so this this starts on 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 Sunday, and on Sunday, what you are what you are gonna start minting is something as you may have seen in the, in the smart contracts if you read the code that will allow you to claim a rebel at the time of the when when the reveal starts basically. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people kind of like focused on the mint, right? But we focused on the reveal. We mm-hmm. feel like the reveal is the moment where you get to really become a rebel like this is like you know you will have obviously like this token before yeah. and we're gonna make yeah. this experience amazing but the moment of the reveal is something that like we like cannot be understated like, this is critical and we want every single person to have the best experience possible this is this is gonna be a fast follow we don't want it to, to last for too long so you know probably the, the 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 weekend after you know not this one but the the follow the following one having you know the enabling the the, the reveal and we want it to be an amazing community experience. We want, yeah. we want to 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 have like a live stream show. Would love to to have you guys on it. That would be so fun. What an honor! Just because your camera looks so good, right? Like yeah. we need the we need the world look good. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, we did not wake up like this. This took a lot of lighting and, and effort. So I, I always look good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah, but that's great. So that's awesome. It is gonna be it's gonna be like something something that hopefully will you know the entire community is gonna experience as a whole and and people will kind of like share this this moment this reveal moment you know more broadly and I'm super excited for it. And, um, and what can you share? Topic. What can you share about you know you're going to do the mint. You know, this weekend, you're going to raise money. What are you going to use the funds for? How are you thinking about the future, the team structure? Like anything you can like tell us. I know it's very early and things all like, it's very dynamic as a project. But how are you thinking about mid medium term kind of focus on scaling the project and the team? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, we've seen, first and foremost, we always said kind of like no roadmaps. We try to always be like very careful with, you know, everything around security laws and, and yeah. so on. So, you know, no promises that we cannot, you know, we cannot like execute on and that we don't have like insight. So the customization is going to be the, the, the very, very big piece. We want to build a very strong brand. We want to build a very strong IP, but mostly have like build an amazing product for people to use, right? Because right now people just don't use their NFTs and we want to really make that a thing, right? And kind of like make a paradigm shift from looking at your NFT to using it. And so this is a, like a lot of the work that we're gonna work toward. And so like in the, the, the you know, the, the next few months, we will release the, the first version of the customization where we will release patch collections for people in the space. I'm super excited for it, for everyone to kind of, you know, be able to, to, to get basically like patches that represent their, their roles in the community. And beyond that, you know, we'll continue working, we'll continue working on, on additional milestones to the, to the customization. There are many things that we're also planning. I don't want to reveal them, you know, like we, we try to everything a surprise and kind of like go beyond for everything that we do. We plan on going well beyond anything that has been done in the past. Like this is our goal. Like we're not doing it if we don't feel like we can meaningfully improve the status quo and we'll always execute like this. So we're, we're building a lot of amazing things, a lot of amazing experiences. You know, we're looking into also like a wide range of options to improve the uh, the UX and improve the depth. You know, we were talking the other day about interactive NFTs, you know, that 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 is something that is extremely interesting to kind of like provide more depth to the NFTs mm -hmm. and kind mm -hmm. of like go beyond this kind of like constraining PFP, constraining PFP format. And so, you know, these are things that like we're, we're starting to to go deeper. You know, I want to touch on something with Justin, which Naj just talked about, which is, you know, like, you know, in the, the markets are definitely just slower, right? Like the price are down, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, again, Justin, you can, you're kind of in the heart of all things NFTs. You know, you obviously, you know, founded a company, you, you help out, advise several others. What do you think, you know, what, how would you sum up the current state of the art of the world of NFTs, right? Like, what do you think is going to be happening in the coming months? I, I think that everyone's kind of going through a disillusionment stage where I think people just assume, and we kind of saw this in 2017 during the ICO era, where people just assume that everything's going to hold its value forever. And the reality is not everything does. We saw it in, you know, in, in .com. I was a little bit young to really know what was going on back then. Mm -hmm. We saw it, you know, we've seen it multiple times in history. And we're going through that phase of disillusionment. Now, from the ashes of .com, we have Amazon and, and you know, incredible companies. And I think 
the, the, the people who were purely involved in a lot of this stuff for speculative purposes might have gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. However, however, if you, if you have been believing in this technology for a while and you focused on finding either projects or founders or communities yeah. that had a real long-term vision of the future, people who want to work hard and innovate and push boundaries, most of those things are in great shape from when they launched. Right. Mm-hmm. And the best example of this is, is the, is the board apes. They were $200. <laughs> you know, I, I remember giving away a bunch of them on clubhouse right after the mint. I remember. And, yeah. And, you, you know, and these are, these are, the reality is people's perspective always kind of lines up with wherever the top was. And they very rarely look at where we were just two years ago or even, you know, a year ago, you know, the, the, the real momentum in NFTs didn't start, and and I'll, I'll take some cre- I'll take a little bit of credit here. February of last year is when it started. The auction that I did was was the first eight figure NFT sale ever. Yeah. And then three weeks following that was Beeple's sixty nine million dollar sale. Yeah. And that was those two moments were the two biggest sales to date. And I think you know Beeple really changed everything because at that kind of number is just such an astronomical number to people. That it, you know, and then of course we had the Good Time Show following that with Metacovin, the one we were talking about before. I think you you just couldn't ignore it at that point. But but even before that point, you had Pac and Trevor Jones and Slime Sunday and all these other artists that were monetizing their art for the first time. Mm-hmm. From the point that I'm making here is from zero dollars. Yeah, from zero. Yeah. The first NFT sale that that I had ever done was twenty one thousand dollars, which at the time was insane. Yeah. I was like, I, I made like $300 for an exclusive song that I never released with some art associated with it. And I was like, I cannot believe my creativity is being valued in this way. And so, so realistically, right, everybody looks at the markets and they get a little upset and they think, oh, it's down from where it was. But realistically, this is just the early innings yeah. of be a multi-decade innovation journey for creators and engineers. And that, so that's my perspective. And I, I, I kind of like to encourage everybody to keep a long-term perspective. I, yeah, that's great. I love it. I think it's, we see a lot of this too. I think Sharam and I talk about the current market, NFTs, how do you think about it? And I think, you know, that's, this is exactly our perspective too on like, for people who are like willing to be in this long-term and willing to be in this for truly disrupting the status quo, I think there's just, it, we're just about getting started. It's like Wild West. There are not many tools being out there right now. There's just so much to go build. And so if you're an engineer or if you're like really into technology, it's it's just a great place to geek out on because there's just so much to do. And if you're a creator, it's never been as good ever before in any other like system. And so this just fundamentally disrupts how people think about meaningful income for creators. And I think that's the, it's like such a big shift in how you think about things. So, and I think that's also why like projects like Rebels, I'm really excited by because it really pushes the boundary on what can be possible and what is achievable. We are, you know, we are a little bit over time. I wanted to wrap by just talking about some, you know, logistical questions. So Nas says, if people didn't know until now how to get into Rebels, like how to join the community, what is the website to go look at, what, you know, point point people to, what should they do? Or where do they get started here? So 
first and foremost, you know, most of the community is living, you know, in, in Discord and also, you know, like our own around Twitter, but you know, our Discord is, is some very special place. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend everyone to first and foremost, check our Twitter, twitter.com slash rebels by night. There will be a link to, to Discord, to our Discord there. It is always going to be open. We're, you know, extremely adamant about it. We want to be extremely transparent. Some, you know, some Discord kind of like try to kind of like be closed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We go the other way around. Like we want to be very open. Please join us. Please come see, you know, everything that Rebels is about. Thanks so much for, for sharing it. And so our our mint is going to happen on the rebels.art website. Please don't fall for scams. A lot of them, you know, are imitating us. I actually wrote actually wrote a, a tweet for those who are interested where some people were trying to scam members from our communities. And I kind of did some investigation where it's kind of like chasing them down. I managed to kind of like find the identity by kind of like following the the funds on chain, etc. So for those who are interested, you know, like there, there are many scams out there. Yeah, we actually got them yeah, to, to apologize. Goes, uh, when Nas goes crypto Liam Neeson on you, you don't want that. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a scary thing. It's like, you know, there's, there's a movie to be made there someday where Nas goes like, you know, Liam Neeson and tracks you down. I will find you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, I think it's like a very specific rebels. set of skills and I will find you. <laughs> rebels might be the, the wrong community to try to target for scams, but yeah, it's, uh, that's another story. But yeah, overall, like don't follow scams, you know, please make sure that you're always on the right website. You're only following the official announcements. Rebels.art. The Mint is going to start on Sunday. We're all going to be there to support you with any question that you may have. We'll provide, you know, tutorials for you to kind of like, you know, know where to click if you are not very aware of like how the Mint, how Mints happen. And so yeah. we'll, we'll help throughout the process. We're very, very excited for, for everyone to join us. You know, we, we've been building an amazing community. We have over, is it like 70,000 people on, on, on Discord, 90,000 people on Twitter. But we know that many thousands of people are yet to join our community, right? Like most of the rebels might be out there, might not be in the Discord. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that like you come, you get to to understand the kind of culture and DNA that we've built. That like, you know, we're all going to do together. We have so many people in the community that will help onboard you to what we're about. And yeah, like super excited for it. Make sure you you check our, our job. It is going to be something else. And our reveal too, please. Please, if you mint, you have to go through the, the real experience yourself. You're not going to be disappointed. So good. So good. I, I cannot end it on a better note. Mm. It's just the best. You know, congrats on all the success so far on Rebels Project and just, you know, building and building this really strong community together. Uh, I'm yeah. really excited for this weekend. Yeah, I know. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And to take a... Oh, I, can I take a, just one minute to to thank really like everyone in, in not only yeah, our the, our amazing you know moderation and and Sophie and and Siluk, you know kind of like you, you know when you have a a community that is that big and that active, it takes tremendous amount of efforts to you know to kind of like cater to uh, the requests from thousands of thousands of people you know on a constant basis of it, day and night. And so I really want to thank our entire moderation team. We have over 30, 30 mods that work across time zones and, and languages. We have amazing people kind of like leading community efforts and we have amazing, uh, amazing advisors in the team. I want to really want to thank everyone. You know, I want to thank you already. I want to thank Blau for being, you know, an amazing support. I want to thank, you know, Shiny and then I would just 
you know, amazing human beings that help us be the project that we are. Wow. Awesome. Probably amazing note to, you know, wrap up today. So first of all, I just want to say, you know, thank you to, you know, first of all, just everybody who is just great on the chat, you know, on the Discord. We had so much fun. You know, we tried to listen and listen to the request, but it's so much fun. And, uh, you know, I think like we, one of the real privileges of doing this show is not only, you know, when we start off every episode, we talk about why we do the show. And it is about, we want to tell optimistic stories about people who are building things and yep. people who are kind of just really pushing the state of technology and culture forward. But sometimes there's an added benefit, which is you just get to talk and listen to some just wonderful, amazing, warm, human beings. And I think the three folks that you see on the screen right now are all just amazing, warm human beings. And, you know, Nas is today, I have the privilege of just, you know, working with him every single day. Ian, he does not like how I look on Zoom, but I just want to say, you know, you folks are all amazing and I'm so happy for the success and, you know, what you've built so far and can't wait to see what else you accomplished. So Nas and Saz, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about all things Rebels. You know, yeah, just, you know, hear them out, go check out the Twitter, go check out the Discord. Can't wait for the weekend. And Justin, you know, thank you for saving our butt so many times on previous shows, this show, future shows. And you're so amazing. You do look as good as you sound. I think we all know that now. But you're a dear, dear friend. And, you know, thank you. And that, I think, you know, it's the end of our episode. We had a blast. So you know, fun. So, yeah. so fun. We did this live, but, you know, you can always catch this show on this very URL on YouTube. We'll be publishing clips. We'll be publishing yep. audio versions. We'll always find it here. And, you know, hope you have, we had a super, super fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, subscribe, the usual. There we go. Like, subscribe. And we'll see you next time. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much.